Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, we'll be talking to sisters Amanda Hollenbeck and Mackenzie Monroe, who were born and raised on a hog and grain farm in rural Iowa. They make up part of the fourth generation of their family to carry on the farming operation. Amanda has taken on a full-time role with a primary focus on grain marketing, field analysis and mapping, and record keeping. When not working as a clinical pharmacist, McKenzie takes on an active role assisting with field operations and crop management. Thanks so much, Amanda and McKenzie. Tag teaming today, interesting topic. Let's just give our listeners kind of an overview of you know, your life as farmers. Is this something that you both grew up doing and continue to do? It is, yeah. We were both born and raised on a hog farm where we also grew corn and soybeans in a rural rural town in Laporte City, Iowa. As far as your question has continued to do, so of course we both continue to now. Amanda is full-time on the farm. I have another full-time job, um, but do as much on the farm as I can during my time off. Uh, we both lived out of state for a period of time. So during that time, we weren't as involved with the farm, but now both being back close to our parents and the farm, which is in LaPorte City, we're a lot more involved. Right. But yeah, so it's always been part of our life, but of course, more so now than it has been and maybe in the past. Is it something you always thought you would come back and do? You know, I I personally did. I kind of, that was kind of all the, the avenue I took. When I went to college, I enrolled in an ag business degree at Iowa State. Kind of always mentioned to my dad that, you know, I would love to come back to the farm. And he actually originally told me, you know, that's great, but I want you to at least take five years after college and do something else and make sure that's what you want to do. I really enjoy the kind of business side behind it. So the financial part of it, I majored in ag business, but also had emphasis in finance. And so out of college, I worked for a firm that does lending strictly for farmers and rural Americans and did that for about seven years after college. And then eventually, you know, decided I did want to go back to the farm full time and then transitioned into that. And But the experiences I gained from lending to farmers and kind of getting that education on that and on how important the financial part of it is and to understand that part of it has really helped me uh, with our family farm for sure. And Mackenzie, how are you engaged? I would say I had no idea what I wanted to do. Amanda and I were talking about getting ready for this podcast. I asked her, I was like, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like I was completely naive to like everything that went into farming. And we grew up on a farm. And I wish that when I was younger, I had really taken more advantage of that. And so now I'm trying to, that's why I try to spend all the free time that I have because I want to be there and I want to learn. And there's so much that my dad and my mom and They just know because they've been around it and they've been doing it for 40 plus years. So for me, like I honestly had no idea, but I would say more so recently in the past few years, it's really kind of hit home for me or I guess, you know, I've found that like, wow, I really like doing this. It's cool to be part of the family business. It's interesting. You talk about wishing you paid more attention back then. Did you, did you like your life growing up? Did you like living on the farm and working on the farm? as kids. What are some of your earliest memories of that? Well, (laughs) so we did like it, but then when 
just thinking back, we immediately think of, we originally had hogs. So we were involved in sorting hogs. So getting them ready to take to market. And speaking for both of us, because I feel like Amanda feels yeah. the same way. We both hated it. Um, <laughs> you're getting up. It was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Dad would always wake us up at ungodly early hours to because you want to do it before it got too hot. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of work. The other thing was the processing of the baby pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a lot of time doing that. Overall, yes. I loved our childhood. There's definitely parts where you kind of were like, uh, this is not fun. I, I will say the one thing that kind of sticks out that at the time as a child, I thought, oh, this is not fun living so because we lived out in the country living so far away from school and our friends. Um, but now as an adult, I look back and really appreciate that, that aspect of it. And the other thing that I really enjoyed is we just grew up with all sorts of animals always dogs, cats, we had sheep and rabbits and chickens. And so those are some of my greatest memories. We wanted horses in the worst way, Mackenzie and I did. (laughs) And we would leave our our folks notes kind of all over the place, just listing out reasons why we needed to get a horse. (laughs) And eventually we did. And those are some of my fondest memories, because eventually we got enough horses. So we all had our own and we would travel with our horses around the country and do a lot of trail riding and that sort of thing. And those are some of my greatest memories. That's so cool. How did that life shape you and form you as you look back? I think obviously just being expected to care for our animals taught me a great deal of responsibility Like we said, we were expected a lot of times to get up very early, sometimes before school and get some things done really early on the weekends. I think that instilled kind of a a good work, work ethic. One thing that was very prominent in our family, and I think it is with a lot of farm families, because so much of your life is wrapped up in the farm, I think you take a lot of pride in that, in in an ownership and taking care of what you have. So I think that was another thing that it really instilled in me as well. Again, I just echo that too. I think the work ethic for sure. I laugh because I think about every job interview I've ever had. And there's always that opening question of, okay, Mackenzie, tell us about a little bit about yourself. And I always lead with, well, I'm a farm kid from Iowa. And I feel like people get that and understand like, okay, she's here. She's hardworking. She's responsible. She's someone we can rely on. So I think there's just kind of like that camaraderie of, among, you know, the farm community. And, you know, we're not afraid to get get our hands dirty, right. and get in there and do what needs to be done. You know, I say it all the time, you know, give me a candidate who grew up on a farm, played team sports. And yeah, if you're right. lucky enough, a veteran, too. I mean, right. All of those things just really make for terrific people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, the unique thing about, I would say, working with family is that, you know, it can be super challenging. All families have their quirks. What I like is that, like, we are comfortable enough that we can just call each other out and say, you know, this is how I'm feeling or this is what's going on. So I think that's part of it, too, as we've really found the importance of, like, our family through being on a farm and having to work with each other. And the importance of communication is big. Do you have other siblings? No. 
just us two. The two of us. So it's just the two girls. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> Check out the redesigned WLCglobal.org website. You can now easily find the programs and events for you based on your leadership journey. Check it out today at WLCglobal.org. How has the business changed since, since you were kids and since your parents had that farm? How is it different today? Since we are a family farm, you know, McKinsey and I are the fourth generation. And we were fortunate enough to have spent a lot of time because of that. We spent a lot of time with our grandparents, mostly on the farm. And just in talking to them about kind of how farming was, the way it used to be is if you just worked really hard, earn a decent living. Um, it's definitely not like that anymore. The farm was something that used to kind of support the, the entire family. And I have seen, especially within the last, in my folks' generation, I, sh I should say, it turned into a thing. Now there's inevitably someone who's working off the farm to help support it as well. It, it used to be where the whole family was living at the homestead or close by and supporting it. And now I think you can have people coming in from outside or even people going off the farm to, to help support it in that way. I feel like we see that a lot more now. And then we kind of just, oh, in the last few years have really noticed how politics plays into the farm too. It's so much more a global aspect to it than there used to be. Just right. in talking with our dad, he was saying how, I don't know, 10 or so years ago, a bunch of farmers came up from um, Argentina, I think mm -hmm. it was, Argentina, and were learning from him how to run a combine. And now like you can see Brazil and Argentina are two of our biggest competitors for soybeans, for sure. So it's just kind of interesting. It's such a larger scale out there now than it used to be. Yeah, it used to be the farm might primarily be affected on what's going on locally, but now it's you have to pay attention to what's going on globally. Yes. What do you have on your farm right now? How many acres and, and what do you grow and have? Yeah, so we uh, primarily just grow corn and soybeans. In the late 90s, early 2000s is when uh, my folks decided to get out of hog farming and focus on the grain farming aspect of it. So that's what we've been doing since early 2000. And how many acres? How big is the farm? Right around 2,000 acres. 2,000 acres. Wow. Yep. And who do you sell to? I mean, are you global? We hear a lot about how Iowa farmers export. I mean, how does, sure. how does that work for you? We do sell um, some locally right into our uh, hometown co-op. A lot of it we uh, haul into Cedar Rapids. There are some other further away ethanol plants and processing plants that we will haul to as well. And then from there, it gets taken to the Mississippi Mississippi, and goes elsewhere. But so that's kind of primarily what we do. Wow. Is technology big on the farm now? That, Huge. <laughs> right. That was the other thing I was just about to mention. That's the probably the number one thing that has changed. Um, and the biggest driver, I think, behind agriculture as well. Technology. It's Wow. It, How so? Just from the business side, Amanda can do so much looking at, there's so much programs out there or software to look at um, what you're spending. So like what your costs are, 
and can help you really drill down to figure out what is my break even? Because everyone needs to know that, especially in a climate that's constantly changing and you're trying to make a profit. I think even you can look down to something as close as, weren't you saying like down to the acre? Down to, to see the specific field to a specific acre, you know, we can see what are we spending, you know, because it, it varies from field to field. Um, depending on whether or not you own the farm or if you rent the farm and what kind of input costs you have to put into that specific field. So yeah, technology plays a huge part on the business side of it uh, because you can really analyze and see where you're at. But then also on the operations side of it is probably the biggest thing um, that has increased efficiency on the farm. Every piece of equipment we run is guided by a GPS. In our uh, operation, we can plant a strip of fertilizer so we can be very efficient and put fertilizer exactly where we wanna put it, where before they would just broadcast it. Mm -hmm. We can put it down into a strip and then come back later with our planter and plant the seed directly into that strip within within centimeters. It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating and really cool to watch and see once you're all done to be able to pull all this information together to make decisions going forward too. And I'm guessing conditions too. I mean, down to the acre, you can tell which, what needs more water, how much, when. Exactly. We have a, a mapping system that basically pulls all this data in that we're collecting as we do it, as we apply it out in the field. And then it creates a map um, and we can lay soil uh, maps on top of it, weather maps on top of it, yield maps on top of it to see how those things affect the end result. It gives context to why broadband is so important. You know, it's not just about connecting our cities. You think about in a state like ours, you need it out in rural Iowa as much or more. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I have to think cost-wise too, though, that's a whole other level of, you know, where you spend your money now may change too and how you spend your money. Correct. I will say that I feel like that's in our operation and I give my dad credit for this. He's always been a big pusher of technology and kind of the first one to try it. That's definitely kind of one of, one of our main goals in our business is to, to continuously update our technology. Overwhelmed by data? The Master of Business Analytics program at Iowa State University can help with that. Their program will teach you how to organize your data and use it to drive decisions, taking you from down and out to the data-driven top dog. The program is 100% online, it's customizable, plus there's no entrance exam. If you're ready to make your data work for you, visit ivybusiness.iastate.edu for more information. I want to I want to talk a little bit about since this a lot a lot of our listeners are women for the Own It podcast. Let's talk about being a woman on the farm. Um, and traditionally, it seems like women have always played a big role on the farm. Maybe we just didn't know it. For sure, <laughs> I agree. That's immediately yeah. what we thought is because we both remember our grandma being an active role. She was doing everything from and yes, it's you think of like the traditional role of like the caretaker. Um, She was doing everything from making sure we were all fed, but then also going out and running the combine herself. 
So we spent a lot of time actually riding in the combine with her because she was the one driving it. Um, Usually with curlers in her hair yeah. too. <laughs> Fond memory. You're right. <laughs> okay, that's hysterical. I have such a visual. <laughs> Did you ever get a picture of that? Because that would be wonderful. I, I'm right. sure we do. I'm sure there's one somewhere. <laughs> but to kind of um, go off of what McKinsey was saying, yes, uh, women have always been very involved in the farm, but I think you're right. They've never been put in the limelight or the spotlight. I will say, I think it's definitely heading into a place where it's not so much a where women are doing kind of the supportive caretaker role. It, I think it's evolved into more than that, too, where they may might not have always been the primary decision maker. It didn't mean they couldn't do it. And I think um, it has it has evolved into that in Iowa. Most farmland is owned by women. And then I think in that in time, you know, they have also taken on some of the more management type roles. That's and so interesting. So yeah. they, they they've inherited it. They just end up with. Yeah, they, they I, live longer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. That's part of it. But uh, I think because of it, since they are landowners, you see them stepping in and stepping into those mm -hmm. roles. Mm hmm. And becoming more involved because they're just as invested as men are. Yep. Well, and I think too, to, to your point about technology, you know, as technology has advanced, it really does make it as, as much of a business as anything else. And anybody can run a business. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So maybe that's, we're also, you know, leveraging that a little bit. I hate to even ask this question, but was gender ever a question when you were little? Like, was there ever anything that, you were discouraged from doing because no you were a girl we, on the farm. We are no. very fortunate in that our parents have never questioned that at all. Or made or, it a thing. Yeah, no. it's never been a thing. However, we have each had incidences where we've encountered someone from off the farm that has maybe made it a thing. I wasn't there, but Amanda told me about it. That I think someone came to work on a piece of equipment or something, and kind of was asking like what her role was on the farm, and Amanda was saying you know, what she does. And the guy was like shocked, like how you're driving this equipment, you're driving these mm -hmm. tractors. I can't tell you how many times I've yeah. had other farmers say, oh, your dad never ha didn't have any sons or, you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of made the assumption. Yes. Fortunately, we never had that in our family, but it's definitely around. Is there anything that you think as a woman, you may innately excel at? on the farm that maybe our male counterparts wouldn't. <laughs> so it, when talking about technology, I feel like we're the ones that do all the technology mm -hmm. because my dad trusts He's, us to do it and maybe doesn't have the patience that we have to do <laughs> <right>. it. <laughs> and I feel like we have, and not that, He's done a great job too, but we have the ability to network too. So we can establish these and continue these relationships that he and my mom have built because, you know, we're the next generation coming mm -hmm. in. So we have to build on that and still keep those same relationships going because there'll be times where you're broke down on a Sunday night and you need to call someone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. having somebody that'll come out and help you. Yes, I will say another example would be uh, I primarily do all the grain marketing for our farm. And that is something that my dad almost immediately handed over to me. Um, 
I think he had too much of an emotional attachment to it that maybe hindered, not that he wasn't good at it, but hindered him in some ways. So I will say that that's probably a, a, a strength for me in our business. So for marketing, what do you mean? So, I'm thinking marketing, but I'm thinking we're, we're talking about two different things here. Yes. <laughs> so when I, excuse me, when we're marketing our grain for sale. Got it. Okay. You know, the price on it is changing by the minute. Like we kind of touched on earlier, some of these global things going on can swing it one way in one day and the other way in the next. And I will say just being able to devote the time to pay attention to that. It's hard I, you know, when you're trying to run a business to just focus on that one thing. So by him kind of handing that off to me that, or I had the ability to do, to do that. So. Shop the WLC store for all women lead change merch, including books, shirts, notebooks, and more shop away at wlcstore.myshopify.com. Are there, are there some traditions on the farm as there's still, we're talking about so much new, but what are some of the things that still happen today that happened, you know, when you were kids or, you know, 50 years ago, what's still the same on the farm? The first thing that comes to my mind is we still eat lunch together every day as a family. As wow. As we, we do, but yeah. that is something I will say, I think that was very cultural from two or three or four generations ago yeah where the lunches were always served and and um that's definitely something that we still do whether or not Mackenzie and I will do that <laughs> going forward I don't know but <laughs> what a great what a great tradition though it is great there's something about that eating together at the table it's it's magical mm -hmm. and I think there's a reason that you know generations of us have done that what do, you, what do you think is the future of farming? That's tough because I feel like it can go a lot of different ways. I think mm -hmm. technology will continue to be huge. One of the things I think about is, um, and we've all heard it, there's never going to be more land. There's more people to feed, but never more land. And if anything, probably less as mm -hmm. developments go. You look at any, even big cities and bigger cities in Iowa, there's a lot of uh, subdivisions and everything taking out farmland. Technology is going to be huge to try to maximize what we currently have to meet the need. I, I feel like fa the family farm is still very prevalent. Uh, going forward, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. There's a lot of political aspects that go into that um, as as these farms get passed from generation to generation. Um, estate planning is very important. Um, that's a big topic in our operation right now. But it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I can see families starting to work together, um, sharing resources, just because the, the cost of farming, the capital required to, to do it in the, the, the big equipment we use. Land is very expensive. I can see a lot of maybe co-ops forming or sharing resources, sharing labor. It's a great question. It'll be interesting to watch and see how it changes in these, especially I think in the next 10 years. If you had to name a superpower, each one of you, something that 
makes you unique and special. And you might not have always thought it was a great thing, but at the end of the day, it's a superpower. What would that be? And how do you own it? Like I have attention to detail is what I would say. I'm very detail oriented. My full-time job is a pharmacist. So for sure there it's important because decisions I make um, could be a matter of life or death for a patient. That I think plays a role here too. And honestly, I was kind of surprised to see how similar my two worlds kind of intertwine. Just being in a science background and kind of looking at what I look for, like a patient, um, looking at labs, looking at results and seeing what might be best for the patient or what can I do as far as medical management for a patient can also apply to farming. So yeah, I think that would be my, I guess, superpower is kind of like my attention to detail and just kind of my science background. I like to learn. I'm, I really, I feel like I learn every day at work and I learn every day at the farm and I hope I continue to, and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I, that's, that's how I own it as well too. Cause you kind of yeah. have to live it and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say McKinsey are McKinsey and I are very similar in that aspect. Uh, our attention to detail. I think mine, hers is a lo little more science-based. Mine is more numbers-based. So I really enjoy, I actually do enjoy looking at the numbers and doing the bookkeeping side of it and, and analyzing the numbers and seeing, you know, where could we maybe cut back one place, but maybe invest another place that will inevitably help um, our profit margin. So in that aspect, I'm very similar to McKinsey. I, the only thing I would add that might be another superpower would be just my ability to be an open listener. Communication is another key aspect of any business, but I think especially when you're working with your family and being open and really listening to what what people have to say and what their ideas are and taking them to heart. Maybe if they're, if they're, we can't do what they want to do, listening to why it is they want to do that. And then coming up with something that's a solution for everybody that um, kind of co-mingles everything. And I, I would say mine are kind of a combination of that and being able to be a good listener. Awesome. Really cool. Oh. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to both of you. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. So thank you. I hope our listeners have too. It's a new day on the farm. That's for sure. All right. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> we really appreciate you asking us to come on. Yeah. We really enjoyed, thank you. really enjoyed this. <laughs> I'm so glad. Now you do have Instagram. I know Amanda, you have social media. Do you want to tell everybody what that is and we can follow you? I so I, my handle is at girls can farm two, and it's the number two. And I am on Instagram. Twitter and TikTok. That's fantastic. Well, we'll we'll follow you there. Thanks so much for your time and good luck this season. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. it. Nothing like a family dinner every day for lunch. Can you imagine? What a treasure. Do you know a woman in the Quad Cities that consistently supports, develops, and honors women leaders? Nominate her for a Quad Cities Leadership Award. Nominations are open now at wlcglobal.org.
Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. We'd appreciate that so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.